Support for this podcast comes from Lever, providing a modern take on the applicant tracking system. Lever combines ATS and CRM functionality into a single powerful platform to help you source, nurture and manage your candidates all in one place. What's more, Lever's deceptively simple interface means that hiring managers and applicants love it too. To find out how Lever can help you both accelerate and humanise hiring, visit www.lever.co slash recruit. That's www.lever.co slash recruit. And Lever is spelt L-E-V-E-R. Lever, where ATS meets CRM. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 101 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Before we start the show, I just want to say a huge thank you for all of the lovely messages and social media shares there were for last week's 100th episode. It's just brilliant to hear how much everyone's enjoying the show and finding the content useful. The Trends in Talent Acquisition white paper I published last week to showcase highlights from the first 100 episodes of the Recruiting Future podcast is still available and you can download it at bit.ly slash trends in talent. That's bit.ly slash trends in talent. And trends in talent is all in lowercase. So, Onwards to this week's show. I've been in recruitment marketing now for the best part of 20 years. And I think it's fair to say that as a discipline, it's changed almost beyond recognition in that time. This pace of change has continued to increase in the last few years as more and more sophisticated techniques and technologies become available. My guest this week is a practitioner who's at the cutting edge of recruitment marketing evolution. Mike Balin is a specialist in recruiting top talent within super competitive environments. Currently VP of People at Lever, he has also held recruiting leadership roles at Eventbrite and Zappos. There are some absolutely superb insights into modern recruitment marketing in this interview. Enjoy. Hi Mike and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure. Um, my name is uh, Mike Balin. Um, I've been in the recruiting industry for um, about 10 years now. Um, and I had, have a lot of uh, different recruiting teams at um, a couple different companies. So I uh, really got my uh, feet wet at Zappos um, and then went on to lead the recruiting efforts at Eventbrite. And now I'm the VP of people at Lever. So taking a a step over into the more of the HR realm, um, as well as overseeing the the recruiting team at Lever. What are some of the kind of challenges that you've that you've sort of faced in those um, in those in those roles? Because I'm guessing they're 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 kind of similar, but they're 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 quite different companies. Yeah, definitely. I think like what was interesting about Zappos uniquely was that it was in Las Vegas, so um, I think attracting really great technical talent um, was a was a challenge there, um, and obviously you know, uh, attracting great technical talent, even in the Bay Area where um, Eventbrite is and where Lever is, um, is also a challenge, but just in a, in a completely different way. So 
Um, I think for the majority of my career now, it's been around thinking about how you can um, attract uh, really top talent in super competitive environments um, and do it in a way that's very unique uh, to each company and to to their brand. So how have you seen um, talent acquisition evolve in the last few years? And, uh, you know, what, what kind of sort of tools and, and, and techniques and approaches do you think, um, you know, work to solve those kind of challenges? Yeah, great question. I think like it's involved, evolved quite a bit. Um, I always like to think that recruiting trails marketing and we're always looking at marketing to kind of pave the way uh, for recruiting efforts. Um, I would say that when I first got into recruiting, um, it really was, um, I always call it transactional recruiting where either, you know, post a job and you hope that the right people come in and, you know, you either bring them through to your pipeline or reject them out right away. Um, or you're, you're just sitting there tapping shoulders on LinkedIn, um, or other channels and just hoping that somebody, gets back to you and, and responds and that that first you know touch point uh, really piques their interest and in, and in that they respond and actually want to get into your process so what I've seen actually change I think is just this evolution to um, thinking more like lead generation and how do we get multiple touch points in front of candidates and how do you really make your company stand out in different ways and how do you highlight not only your company and your company brand uh, but the the specific individuals within teams and the the specific challenges that they're facing within teams. So really, I think the onus on recruiting now is to really uh, lift up that curtain, uh, show what it's like to work at your organization, but again, more specifically, what it's like to work within um, each team, and then placing that content and really amplifying that content and getting it out in front of the right pair of eyes, um, so that person can really consume that information, you know, wherever they might be, whether it be Twitter, or Facebook. Medium, you know, looking at blogs, uh, wherever they want to be, they can access that content and then decide for themselves. I think we have a much more educated buyer now uh, that they can be a little bit more discerning with which organizations they actually want to uh, apply to and work for. Um, So I think it's making sure that we are putting the content out there so they can consume it and then ultimately decide for themselves whether or not they want to, um, you know, come into the process and apply for the job. So I think it's changed quite a bit in the brand and the company telling candidates what they want to hear to the candidate now being uh, able to find content on their own and then making an educated decision. I think that's that that's really interesting, and I think that that whole kind of content dis- content discovery and getting that sort of authentic feel for the, the for the company is absolutely vital. How um, how do you sort of go about achieving that though? Because I know that. Um, uh, you know, lots of companies sometimes have problems, um, you know, finding that content or um, having having the resource to sort of, you know, get it out there and help it, you know, get it out there and reach the audience. Um, you know, what, what ways have you gone about sort of solving those challenges? Yeah, I think I've worked for some progressive organizations and um, that's worked to, to my advantage. Um, we've actually had both at Eventbrite and Lover now. Um, an individual that's focused on talent brand and recruitment marketing. Um, I think like, it, it, as you talked a little bit about the evolution of recruiting, we used to have this concept of like employer brand. And I think uh, for a lot of companies, that means creating like a, a cute video or updating your glass door page or your LinkedIn profile or that sort of thing. And now I think it's really evolved to um, adding actually some marketing talent, marketing muscle right within the recruiting function. 
Um, so at Eventbrite, for example, we built a lot of stories around um, sales um, as, as one area, as well as engineering, but we had some major sales um, initiatives and we had to hire a lot of people within sales. So um, our recruiting marketer went out and partnered with um, an external firm actually uh, to develop some really great long form content. And the content was really spotlighting, you know, the individuals within the sales teams, um, what are like the differentiators um, to work in sales at Eventbrite? So you have to keep in mind in the Bay Area, um, somebody could walk outside, you know, walk down the street and, and land another job somewhere else pretty quickly. Uh, sales professionals like engineers are just in really high demand. So we had to really think about like what actually differentiates Eventbrite and our sales uh, organization um, from from other teams. And then we built long form content around this. And the long form content was just really visual, had a lot of pictures, but really told the story through the lens of our employees. Um, and then we, you know, used the, a, a lot of different channels to actually like, I, I call it amplifying that message or setting it out. So one way is an easy way is actually through referrals. So what we found was, um, we got a lot more response and uh, drove a lot more activity by having our employees actually send out stories as opposed to just sending out job postings. So if you see a lot of organizations, they'll have their employees just send out, hey, apply to this job, or we're hiring, and that sort of message. Instead, we wanted to, again, make our content more discoverable. So we just had our employees amplify that message just by saying, hey, our team's uh, growing, we're doing some interesting things, and here's actually just a story about what we're doing. And didn't actually say we're, you know, applied to this job. It was more about here's our story. Um, that was one effective way for us to get our message out there. Um, and then other ways are just targeted advertisements. So again, like traditional marketing tactics. So doing very targeted advertisements within uh, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Um, and again, we saw our, our click-through rates um, actually exceeding what we would consider to be um, industry benchmarks by telling stories as opposed to just placing jobs in front of people. You mentioned there that you had sort of specialist marketeers working working on the team to sort of um, you know pr produce the content and drive drive these initiatives forward. Do you think that recruitment marketing is now that specialist skill and it's 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 a different skill from from recruiting and you sort of need people with two sort of different types of backgrounds to do to do those two skills or is there um, is there still a crossover? I, I do think it's actually a specialized skill. Um, I early on um, had this concept or thought about recruiting marketing, I couldn't quite name what it was. And I had somebody that was focused on sourcing step into more of this like traditional marketing role. And it actually wasn't a great fit. Um, there's just differences in skill and background and the way you think about things and your approach um, from like sourcing, for example, or even recruiting to becoming a marketer. So um, I do think that marketing actually has like a unique skill set. Um, and I would encourage organizations to actually look and, and poach from from marketing organizations to bring them into the recruiting function. Um, I think what's really interesting um, about that for the person that might be making the transition from marketing over to recruiting marketing is that within marketing orgs, they're you know typically pretty siloed, so they'll be focusing on like search or you know uh, so like SEO or SEM or just content um, or just different you know segments within marketing, but within recruiting. Um, they actually have an opportunity to work on a lot of different things and uh, be able to be more of a, a generalist, I would say, and get their hands uh, dirty and, and focus on a lot of different functions or different areas within marketing. So I think it's really um, a, a unique draw, and it's something that's really interesting if it's positioned correctly to to marketers. But you do need 
somebody that's not just like a hunter. And I think you get a lot of sort in sourcing a lot of hunters. They're going after people. Um, and it's, it's a little bit more, um, tactical, um, but with, um, the marketing lens, it's a little bit more strategic. You have to think about your positioning. You have to know how to tell stories that are super rich and vibrant and that attracts the right type of people. And then also what are those forums to actually put that content out there so people can, you know, digest it and find it at their own, at their own pace and leisure. Yeah. I mean, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. I think, um, you know, from what I'm seeing in the market, the companies that are doing this well are the ones who are bringing uh, that kind of specialist expertise in this in this area to uh, you know to build their brand and 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 really sort of build their pipeline. Um, and I suppose that brings me to the next question about um, talent 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 pipelines. So you know you're talking about telling stories, you're talking about um, you know sort of nurturing people towards your towards your company. How? Um, you know, in your experience, kind of, you know, how how long might it take, um, you know, or how far in the future should people um, be planning their their talent pipelines? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, it's kind of an interesting game to play. So I know that um, just like any buyer, you, um, candidates are interacting with your content eight to twelve times before they make a, a quote unquote buying decision. Um, so you do have to think intentionally about what those touch points are, um, in terms of talent pipelines, it can take anywhere from, you know, uh, a month to two years. It really just depends on that individual and where they're at. Um, I think it's a mistake to not be thinking about your pipelines constantly. So you need to always be thinking about what is the type of talent you, you need today. And I think, um, you know, obviously for a lot of organizations, it's really hard to see past today or the next quarter. There's just uh, recruiting teams are um, taxed with a lot of open requisitions. Um, and that's obviously really time consuming, but you're making a mistake by not understanding what the business needs maybe are in, in six months to a year. Um, and if you're thinking that way, you can start to actually build and cultivate these uh, talent pipelines um, where you can identify what is that skill set we need uh, to take our, our company a little bit further. Um, what are those really, really in-demand roles that if we don't get in front of somebody today, by the time we have an opening, it's going to be way too late to actually start the conversation. So I would suggest to start to think deeply about what are the future needs um, and then start to actually build out those pipelines, um, you know, be intentional with those touch points. Um, so you have to start thinking about things like not only content, but maybe even recruiting events. So let's say you know you have an opening in six months for uh, maybe you're going to be making a big mobile push and you're looking for iOS engineers. Um, you could actually start to hold meetups. Um, I think a big mistake sometimes recruiting teams make is they'll they'll hold recruiting events, but you don't want to make it about you. This is like a selfless thing. Um, you almost want to give back to the community and really start to get to know people that are actually really interested in this subject matter. So hosting these events that you may have external speakers come in and talk about the latest technology, uh, programming languages, whatever it might be. Um, and then starting to really, from an organizational level, um, cultivating those relationships so they can come in, they can see your space, they can meet with some of your other engineers and you can have this ongoing conversation and dialogue. So by the time you actually do have that push in six months, you're not starting from scratch. Um, you've already met some people, you might've already sprinkled some content to them and you're just kind of, you know, playing that, that long game uh, of nurturing. Um, and then again, it'll, it'll, once you have that opening, you'll be able to shrink the, the time to fill quite a bit with people, with, with, with people that are actually like connected to you, your brand, your values, um, which is probably more important than, 
you know, finding somebody that's um, these shorter cycles where you just open a position um, and you hope you have that right, um, you know, mission uh, and, and alignment. So what role does technology play in the recruitment marketing process? I think it plays a big one. Um, you know, I think it starts obviously with the philosophy and the mindset, uh, but then technology enables you to do it quicker, more efficiently, and then um, it actually informs you or makes you smarter um, in, in rolling these things out. So um, as you're thinking about building these campaigns, um, we've used tools, for example, like Zoomforth, um, which I really love, but it's a really quick uh, like microsite builder uh, where you can build out really rich content um, that's very visual and engaging um, that you can get in front of your candidates or your leads. And then you can also track their activity. You can find out what, what content they're actually engaging in. Are they clicking on certain links? Are they viewing certain pictures or collateral um, or whatever else it might be? So you can start to get a little bit smarter or more informed. Um, at Lever, we have this product called Lever Nurture that I absolutely love. And I think it's totally different than a lot of products out there. But um, you can build in almost like sourcing automation. So you can start to uh, build out your email sequences. Um, you can send for other people within your organization. So you can really start to um, automate a lot of um, sourcing activity that takes just a lot of time. And I recognize that like sourcing is, um, I, I think it was interesting about sourcing is it's easy to find people, but it's super hard to engage with them. Um, and that takes again, multiple touch points. So what I love about Lever is it's, you can actually um, automate those touch points um, and send from other people within the business uh, to just really enrich the experience for the, the prospect or, or the candidate. So I think being able to you know, bucket leads, um, being able to sort them quickly, and then be able to really um, enrich the experience and automate that experience uh, for your recruiting team. Technology plays just such a powerful um, part in, in just this overall landscape. How important do you think automation is? Because, um, you know, obviously lots of companies have, um, you know, focus on candidate experience and uh, giving people the opportunity to have conversations with other humans and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, how, how does automation um, improve the way that we recruit and improve the way that we do recruitment marketing? Yeah, it's interesting because when you think think of it at like the surface level, it's almost like, okay, automation can actually really damage or hurt things uh, because if you're not doing it intelligently, you could really come off as, like like you said, it's just not a superhuman experience. It feels like it's you know coming from a machine and that's really not what candidates are looking for. They're obviously looking for a company that's genuine and authentic. So as you're building in automation, you really have to be thoughtful with what the the messages that are, the sequencing of those messages, um, and make sure that you're not um, even you know spamming or um, having multiple people within the business reaching out to that same person. And that's something that I've seen a lot of, especially at, at larger organizations. You're just not in in alignment with the the actual other players in your own company, and that's a really dangerous thing. So that's another another place where. I, um, both technology and automation can really help as you can start to actually build the, these sequences and uh, build the automation in and let the technology do it for you. And you have less human error to actually come in and, and, uh, you know, step on each other's toes. So, um, I think that automation plays a, a really key role, but you have to be super, super smart, um, super diligent and make sure you're setting it up in the right way. 
No, that makes um, yeah, that makes absolutely perfect sense. So, in terms of um, sort of future innovations and technology, um, you know, it seems that we're sort of bombarded every day with uh, you know new and interesting uh, new and interesting tech when it comes to um, you know recruitment and and sort of HR in general. Um, what what trends have you got your eye on for the next sort of um, eighteen months to two years? Where 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 do you think we're going, and what's uh, of most interest to you? Yeah, I mean, like. Uh... Um, I still am dreaming of a world where um, you can recycle your own database in a really intelligent way. So I, I haven't seen too many companies figure this out yet, but the whole graveyard to gold mine approach where um, a lot of companies have thousands and thousands of people that have applied to the organization or you've sourced in a lot of um, prospects into your database and then it goes into the, you know, the black hole, right? Um, so I think some sort of AI that can inform you that this person is engaging with your content. They've actually come back to your career site. Um, they've, they've switched jobs and they're, you know, gaining the skill set that you might have rejected them for two years ago. Like that type of automation will be super helpful. Um, if we're able to, to bring that into like an applicant tracking system. So I think that's one thing that, um, I want to see mature a little bit and will really power recruiting teams. Um, in the future. So if you can imagine a world where you open up a rack and then it actually, you know, uh, shows you 10 people uh, that have engaged with your content or, again, have gained the, the skills that needed, um, th that would be really just super helpful for shrinking time to fill and uh, getting the right people who, again, have alignment with your, your values um, into your process. Um, so I think that's one. Another one that's interesting is bot technology. So, um, you know, it's been kind of, um, I don't know, there's some skepticism, I think, um, in general, just if a bot could, could, you know, do an effective job of representing your, your company. Um, but I think that's just one to keep an eye on if that can get a little bit smarter. Um, it can take a lot of just the, um, operational time or the, you know, the administrative time away from recruiting, um, and also help with candidate experience in, in some weird ways. So, um, there's been some technology out there where a candidate could text, uh, you know, a company and then a bot could respond. So it could be as simple as, Hey, I'm curious to know a little bit more about your benefits. And, you know, the bot could, could act as a human on behalf of your organization and actually write back to that candidate and say, you know, here's a, here's a one pager about our benefits, you know, go ahead and dig in. So, um, and, and that works as, as well from an employee experience side. So not even thinking about recruiting, but employees within your organization, uh, being able to have quick access to, to information. I've been uh, struggling with trying to find a great internal wiki for, for a long time. Uh, and it'd be great to have this like really personalized touch uh, bot that could actually answer questions for employees um, or candidates. So I think those are two areas that I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what happens. Mike, thank you very much for talking to me. Oh, thank you, Matt. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. My thanks to Mike Balin. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Stitcher, or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can download at your app store. Just search for Recruiting Future. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.